Welcome back to NALP's Young Professionals Network podcast, Growing in the Green Industry. Your hosts of today's episode include myself, Miles Caparis of Include Software, Neil Glatt from Grow the Bench, and Brett Lemke of RM Landscape. We're missing Luke today. He had to, couldn't make it today, sadly. How's everyone going? How's everyone doing today, brother? Yeah, we're going great. <laughs> going great. <laughs> Super great. That's, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, that I guess that kind of shows you how my day is going so far. But uh, Brett, would you like to introduce our guest? Yeah, uh, this is an exciting day. I, I've got a friend and uh, an industry uh, rep uh, that's really doing some really cool things for our for our industry, Shane Newman. Uh, afternoon, Shane. How are you? Great. Doing nice. awesome. So I've got a little bio on Shane here. I'll uh, I'll read it off. He was gracious to hand us one here. Uh, experienced in the trade since 1987, Shane Newman founded Yard Apes Incorporated in 1990. Holds the title of president. Shane received a BS in finance from the University of Connecticut, is a landscape industry certified technician, landscape industry certified manager, holds a Connecticut supervisory pesticide license, and is a certified landscape designer. Impressive. The Yard Apes team takes great pride in being one of the th- of one of only 13 landscape industry accredited companies in the United States and Connecticut's only landscape industry accredited company. Shane has generously volunteered his time and passion to the National Association of Landscape Professionals for over 10 years by serving in, on several NALP committees, also serving on the NALP Board of Directors. In addition, Shane has enjoyed volunteering his time on the Board of Directors of several not-for-profit organizations in his hometown of New Milford, Connecticut. Always involved in the communities of Northwest Connecticut, Shane created and hosts the annual charity Quad Am Golf Classic since 2006. The golf tournament has helped build awareness for area nonprofits, raising over $84,000. Additionally, Yard Apes has participated in Planet's former day of service since its inception, volunteering time and materials to revitalize landscapes of civic venues, including the Creative Playground, Pratt Nature Center, Harry Brook Park, Sullivan Farm, Brookfield Public Library, the Children's Center, Abbey of Regina Laudis, Steep Rock Association, Kent Land Trust, and Sarah Noble Intermediate School. And in addition, he is a uh, avid skier, a really cool dad, and uh, and a good friend. So again, Shane, welcome to the the podcast. Thank you, thank you, Brett. Glad to be here. That is a bio. Oh, <laughs> Out of all the ones I had to read, again, do it for my buddy Shane anytime, but that was that was intense. So some good stuff, Shane. Did a good job, Brett. <laughs> so Shane, um, we'd like to kind of talk about here at the Young Professionals Network and um, on this podcast uh, about how to create a good um, a good place for young professionals or students who are coming into the green industry uh, to have a place to talk about um, similar things that they might be going through. And, um, and so we've kind of been attacking that with some guests that have been on the podcast and within ourselves. But since you're oncoming as NLP president, I think it provides kind of a unique opportunity to see um, kind of what the vision is, what, what vision you have and what we're looking forward to with um with you taking a leadership so it's pretty cool so do you have anything that that's on your list right now that you're 
kind of looking forward to attack or to continue on that that's happening right now? Um, I think uh, the reason I'm, I think I'm in the position now I'm, you know, have had the opportunity to become the incoming president is um, I've always just had an enormous amount of passion for our industry. Um, I feel like um, I was, you know, trying to, to go back to where it all started. I was, you know, Brett knows this story, but um, from when I was five until I was 10 years old, my mother raised my brother and I in a teepee in the mountains of Idaho. So we, I just really grew up outside. And not only do I like to be outside, I almost have to be outside. And I feel like that's one of the biggest benefits that our industry provides for our clients, you know, especially now with COVID-19, what, you know, a lot of people are working from home and, and you know, it's really um, difficult to do anything in, in groups. So really all they have is their, their, out, their outdoor space, you know, so I think right now it's an opportunity for our industry to shine, you know, because what we provide is we provide a higher level of enjoyment for our, our clients to be able to enjoy their backyard. So um, it, it, it kind of goes back to just that passion for being outside and the passion for our industry and feeling, um, feeling I have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, feeling that our industry doesn't gain, you know, doesn't get the respect that maybe it should, you know, I mean, there's a lot to know um, about landscaping and it's, it's a great industry. So, I've always had that chip on my shoulder and I've always wanted to change the, you know, the public's perception of our industry. So to be in, be in, the, in the role of the, the, you know, um, the future president of NLEP, sometimes I have to pinch myself and uh, never really had a plan. I, I just was, you know, really passionate about the industry, um, volunteering, you know, for many years, as the bio said. And um, I feel like it's just an opportunity to, to, to maybe inspire others and to give back to our industry and hopefully make a difference. Nice. That's pretty cool. So like with that passion, I guess, how long have you been a member of NALP then? Um, uh, I've probably 20 years. And, um, you know, when I, um, I graduated, you know, went, went to UConn and as, as the bio said, I graduated with a finance degree. Um, I actually had about 15 lawns. I was mowing with, you know, various buddies through college. And uh, when I put the suit and tie on, started job interviewing, do the mock interviews, I just didn't feel right in the suit, suit and tie. Um, so I said, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stick with uh, turning these lawns into a real business. And that's when I joined, um, it was ALCA at the time. Um, actually, I was a member of ALCA and PLACA. Um, joined every every local state association, um, you know, read every magazine I could. And that's when I started taking horticulture classes and just wanted to really take it serious. And that's when it really opened my eyes to what their, how big this industry was and how much there was to learn. Nice. That's pretty cool. So what, what value has NLP given you like the most? Has it been like mentorship or just friends that you've made throughout your time here? And what, like, what kind of value have you gotten out of it? Like, where would you put yourself back then? And if you weren't part of this organization, like where, I mean, maybe that's hard to say, but I don't know. It's kind of worth it. It is. There's so much. Oh man. Um, so I guess, first of all, this is, you know, this is the Young Professionals podcast. I, when I was young, I would think I was anything but a professional, you know? So I think that's what NLEP has provided me. Just to be, you know, it's, it's helped me to, to, to be a landscape professional and for my company to act professionally. And that's where I feel the huge value is. If we're going to change the public's perception of our industry, we all need to act like professionals. We all know there's a couple, there's a few bad apples out there, you know, people that aren't members of the association that have, you know, truck in a truck and, you know, people that are just, you know, mow the lawn on the side of the road and cut off jeans and no shirt on, um, um, you know, cutting the lawn in an inch and a half height in uh, 90 degree heat. So, I mean, that's just, that's just one of the, the, you know, the small things that goes into our industry of being a professional, but to, to act like a professional, to take pride in our industry, uh, that's, 
there's so there's so many things I could go on and on, but that's that's probably the biggest thing that the association has provided me and you know my company. Nice. So how did uh how did you come into the role of president then? From the end, was it just just because you're just rolling through and you're just so passionate that everyone's like, yeah, let's put this guy in charge? Or um, how, I think everybody, yeah, I think everybody saw how bad Brett screwed up that they had to get somebody <laughs> who knew what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. Recovery. They're in recovery mode now since I, my departure from the board. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I was going to take credit because I was on the nominating committees for, uh, for Shane to come on and the executive executive team. So either currently I'm taking the, uh, the, the credit, I'll take the blame depending on how this whole, your, your, your tenure goes. Yeah, no, but seriously, the, um, for me, the being on the board of directors, I've just, uh, always looked up to people like Brett, past presidents, you know, Jeff Bueller, our current president, Andrew Zeeler, um, you know, Scott Jamison, um, Jim McCutcheon, John Cundiff, even, even people that were, you know, a good friend of mine, Jason Cup, who was, a, who was a president before I was on the board, just looking up to these people and just absorbing so much information you know, from them uh, and just seeing how they handle themselves and, and how they lead. It's just made me such a better person and inspired me. So hopefully I like just to take a little bit of what, what those predecessors have done and just be, you know, a percentage of, of how great they've been. I'll, I'll be happy with myself. I'll offer this perspective too. I think when, uh, you know, the role of the presidency or even an executive team is a huge responsibility, but you know, what, what Shane's done uh, over time is join committees, lead committees, go to board level, you know, you know, lead board committees and join executive team. Like eventually if it gets very comfortable, that next step, it's not near the greatest leap. And so, and it takes time. And, uh, and so as much you get involved, the more you're aware of the industry, more you're aware of the association, uh, you get more comfortable with just saying yes and understand the time commitments and the, and the levels of responsibility. And Shane's done that well. And so it's uh, uh, sometimes I think from the outside, it's like, wow, that's a, that's a, a lot of work and bold move. But, you know, NAP has a wonderful team and staff. And, uh, and so it gets a heck of a lot easier. So, um, you know, he's got, we've got lots of support within the association and they just take the, the best ideas and the, and the, and sort of the passions that like the Shane Andrew uh, has right now and, uh, and builds upon that. So uh, exciting, craziest time of the year to join, of course, for Andrew now and for you, Shane, but Hey, uh, why not jump in? Right. Yeah, no, it's, that's well said, Brett. Um, you know, when I got the call, you know, and, um, I think Scott Jamison had called me at the time and asked if I was would be interested in joining the board. I, I, I was shocked, you know, I was humbled and shocked and I couldn't believe that I was actually getting a phone call to join the board. I didn't, I didn't think I was worthy enough or qualified and um, Brett's right. I mean, the, the board has, has welcomed me on board from day one and, and helped me grow as a person, as a business leader, as a father. Um, so it's, you know, the, you know, the board of directors, I mean, people have to understand sometimes, you know, um, I never really understood it, but it's, you know, we're all volunteering our time and we're all, you know, I, I can firmly believe this, the years I've been on the board, every individual is there for what's best for our association, and for our industry. And uh, there's no special interest. There's no me attitude. Um, and it's just been an ultimately rewarding experience for me. Yeah. You know, I'll trip in Shane. What I know from, you know, boards and, and um, associations is that, you know, some people can join and, do it for a marketing purpose, right? And certainly being accredited helps your operations, if not your brand. Um, but when you're serving on a board, your clients don't care, right? You're not getting any 
business boost out of this. And it's a tremendous amount of work, um, you know, and, and success, but also some aggravation at times. Right. And um, it's a lot. So what, obviously you have a passion for the industry, but what do you, what are you really uh, looking to give back or, or branch out with in this new step here? Um, I, I think some of the things I've thought about this a little bit of what would I like to accomplish during my role as president? I think probably foremost, I would want to encourage others to get involved in the association. Like I said, I was, I was shocked and humbled when I was asked to join the board. You know, it, it was intimidating, um, but it's, it's, you know, we, we need volunteers. We need young professionals to, to step up and volunteer and, you know, the future of our industry. So just want, you know, I would, I would want people to understand, you know, that, that, hey, there's opportunity there to step up and volunteer and, and put the time in. And it's, it's so rewarding. I'm a huge believer in karma. I feel like, you know, I, you know, as the bio said, I give back a ton to our community. I feel like anything that you put out there in the world, you get it back tenfold in, in one way or the other. So, and that's been my experience with volunteering, uh, you know, through different committees and the board of directors at NLEP. It's just been, you know, extremely rewarding. So that, that would be one thing. Um, again, getting back a, a little bit to my, you know, chip on the shoulder about our industry and not getting the respect it deserves. I, I feel like what we're doing with IGA, IGI is a great step forward, but really to, to hopefully make a difference um, with our industry. If I, you know, you know, when I'm old and retired and, you know, hopefully if I can really feel in my heart that I made our industry a little bit better, I, that's the most rewarding feeling I, I think um, for me, as far as my, my time here on the board um, and just inspiring pride in our industry, you know, for people to take, you know, for our members and, and people in the industry to take pride in the industry. You know, it's not just a summer job of cutting grass. There's a lot more to it. And, um, take pride in that and, and, you know, walk with um, our chest, our chest held high. So th those are just some of the, you know, it's kind of the higher level things, I think. Yeah, I think that's a great point, uh, getting people involved. And I know, in, at least in my experience, I got involved in the um, uh, renewal and remembrance really early. I mean, I was just a part of it when I was a kid because my parents are part of it. But uh, I kind of got put into a committee role there early on, right out of college. And it was actually, it was like a trial by fire a bit. But I, I don't think I would have had the leadership skills now in the real world leadership like skills that I have at, at this point if it wasn't for that experience in that committee. It's still part of it, but just the management of people and, and interacting on like a large project like that, I think that's just really like one cool way to, as when I was young, to build up skills. And, and, uh, and when you're young, I think people are really receptive to you learning. And it's a really good way to build connections too and, and possible like mentors and others who are willing to walk alongside of you because you got the energy, but then they might have a little bit more wisdom. <laughs> exactly. I know I've, uh, I think I've taken it for granted, but then you speak with other industries and Neil, you might have more perspective on this that, but just, you know, our association or our industry in general is just a much more uh, inviting uh you know, sharing group. And, uh, and, and, and I did the same as you just come out of school and I jumped right into committees, you know, within the association and just wanted to be a part of it. Cause I thought that's where I'm going to learn. And, but the night, you know, that's the easy part, but the, what was impressive was just a few people throughout that early times came and said hello to me. Right. And they wanted to help me and I wanted to learn. And so, and that brought me up to meet you all in different areas. So it's, 
Um, we've got to reach deeper into our companies and bring them to be at events or network them through, you know, Facebook pages or just groups, because I think people are very willing to share in this industry. And that is not the norm in different, in other industries. And, and we're lucky. We're very lucky to have that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. One, one of my clients is actually, uh, in the army and, um, they have nobody to talk to. They have nobody to reach out to. They're, they're literally not allowed to, you know, use Facebook or anything within a company resource. And they, the clients over there just feel so isolated, right? Um, because there is no association. And then I contrast that to like the young professionals, Facebook page we have. And once a week, somebody pops up and says, Hey, I'm new in the industry. This is my deal. Want to introduce myself. And maybe, you know, here's a question I have and five, six, seven people are all over them. Hey, thanks. Here's an opportunity. You know, great to meet you. Uh, let's get a drink at Landscapes, you know, all kinds of great stuff. So um, super easy to get involved. And if anybody listening hasn't been to a show or hasn't engaged yet, like just take that step because um, it, it's a super welcoming group. Yeah, I could probably talk to that too. Like now that I jumped into software, um, but obviously still really heavily involved in the industry because it's my roots and like where I've come from and service that. But on the other side, on the flip side, you know, just being part of the software industry, there's really not, there's not like a software association like of America. Oh, there's a, there's an association for everything. So no, I know, just kind of like, but it's probably not uh, near as cool, but yeah, that's what, but like to like, I guess like to like, to my point though, it's like the, the accessibility and because the, the, the environment's totally different, but the accessibility to like-minded people is, is just, you could take it for granted for sure at NALP, it's, but it's awesome. It's just such an opportunity. Exactly, I think that's you know, our younger generation, just to get them to understand um, what a great industry it is. It, and it's, it's not easy to work. I mean, it's, it's hard work. It's, uh, there's, there's some days it's wonderful being outside when the weather's perfect, but there's, when the weather's not perfect, you still have to be outside. But, I think um, with hard work comes a lot of pride and a lot of personal satisfaction. So that's what I think some people have to understand in any profession. Um, uh, you know, the harder you work and the, the, the bigger the hurdle you overcome, I think the, the better you're going to feel about yourself in the end. Shane, so how are you reaching in deeper into your company, either to invite them or awareness of uh, NALP, our association, or just in the, in the industry at whole? I mean, I imagine you have people that have come with no experience in this. But how, so how are you introducing your, your team members to, to our industry? Well, I think the, the biggest thing for us has been the certification program. We've, um, we have a, you know, it's a, it's a um, you know, career ladder, learn to earn type thing. And I would have to say probably 75% of that uh, are modules of the certification exam. Obviously that certification exam is going through some change now. And, you know, prior it was a, a hands-on exam and now it's moving to the online version. Um, but, you know, our, our, within our company, you know, it's been a huge part of our culture of education, learn, learn, learn. There's so much to learn. You know, everyone here, you know, if you learn, you're going to, you're going to grow with the company. You're going to grow as a person. Um, some people would say, well, why are you teaching your employees so much? Why they're just going to move on and start their own business. It's well, if that's going to happen. That's going to happen. But we want, we want to take pride in being the most educated company in our region and just reward our employees for that and encourage them, you know, and, um, so the, you know, the way we have it structured is each module is a different, you know, you know, 10, 20 cents a month, you know, an hour raise. And then when they pass the entire exam, it becomes a $2 an hour raise. And then we have some other internal things in there. So, 
as far as NLAP, that's that's helped us with our, you know, help us instill our culture of uh, education and pride. Yeah. That's sharp. So, and, and even like going back to the days of planet and the day of service, I mean, that when, when I participated in the first day of service, that really opened my eyes up to the power of community and service and what that can do and how gratifying that could be. So we continue to have two annual days of services, one in the spring and one in the fall, where we help out primarily local nonprofits. Um, we used to do a lot of local residences, but it's hard to bring a big team into a small yard. So usually it's like parks and we'll clean up leaves or do projects in the spring and uh, just the, the, how much that's helped build our the community's respect for us because of how much we give back to the community. And then the, the, the sidebar thing that I didn't realize it because it just became a huge team building event for us. Our employees sign up, they don't get paid for that day. We do a voluntary sign up, which makes it, my feeling is it makes it much more gratifying for them if they know they volunteered their time. But trust me, we have a pretty big budget for the barbecue and the party after. And we, you know, there's an expense there, but the people you know, are volunteering their time and, and it's become something that even people outside of our company sign up and we have some pretty big teams that go in and make an impact in our community. So I credit that to, to you know, the, the you know, planet and now NLAP for showing us the, the way there. Who in your company is driving those, those engagements? Are you leading that? Is it a kind of a top down thing or is it, who's yeah, kind of driving those? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I really believe in leading by example. So it is a top down, um, you know, I, I know you hear all the time, you got to work on your business that in, in it, I'm still guilty of working probably in my business a little too much. If I could structure my business the right way, I'd rather be out there digging holes with the crews than, you know, I know that's not the best use of my time, but as far as the community involvement, yeah, it's, uh, you know, if you're just a good person and have a good heart, um, you know, that, you know, people recognize that and you'll, you'll try, you know, it's in through the hiring and recruiting practice, you know, that's also become a tool for us, you know, people that, that respect that a work for a company with some good values and that we give back. I'd say that's someplace I want to work, uh, regardless if, if we're a landscaping company or in another industry, it's a, it's a good place to be. It's good people that they give back. People want to, people want to be a part of that. That's super cool. So along with the recruiting on that, how, how much like do you think safety plays a part of that too? It's a safe place to work alongside, you know, working with yeah, people. That, or does this influence safety too, because you guys got a good culture. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, we've, we're, we could always improve with our safety. I mean, it's been something we've tried to focus on, uh, you know, more the last couple of years. But, you know, safety is important. Um, we're really hard to, um, to in, enforce that culture on a regular basis. Um, I think that with that said, I think with, with COVID-19, I think that's actually helped our safety um, protocol and, and people's respect for how important safety is. Um, I think through this whole process, just, you know, hey, you know, wearing masks and, and uh, making sure, you know, you're, you're cleaning your hands with hand sanitizer and disinfecting and respecting each other's, you know, uh, level of paranoia, with, you know, through the whole thing when it started. So um, I, I think it, it's helped us a little bit. But, yeah, safety, it's tough, but I'll, you know, I'll be honest, we're, you know, we, we, we can improve on that. We could always improve. We haven't had any, any major accidents, but... Uh, I, you know, there's, there's, there's some times, you know, when, you know, you get up on a job site and, you know, someone's not wearing safety glasses or not wearing the right safety gear. And, you know, it's just got to constantly you know, enforce that and make it about the employees. You know, this is about you, about your safety. This is not about the company. And with, with, uh, on the subject of COVID, right. Um, how have you found staying connected to others and, um, Obviously, we had to move uh, NCLC to a virtual event. We're all still 
currently planning on head down to landscapes, um, you know, in a couple months here, but uh, what, where do you see virtual events and, and connection and, and how have you personally maintained those connections with the, the association and the people in it? Yeah, that's a good question. I, you know, um, I honestly feel like the psychological side effects of this whole thing might actually be more than some of the deaths from COVID. I just, I, you know, people not being or being able to physically interact with each other that wears on you psychologically. I know it's just a podcast, but I can see you guys on the screen. It's great to see your faces on the screen. You know, I know we're not there, but you know, I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to see Good Brett. To see you too, Shane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'd, lo- yeah, I'd love to give all you guys a big hug, you know, but um, so that's hard. Um, and I'm not sure we're all kind of trying to navigate through this, you know, all our, our meetings, um, you know, we started out trying to have them outside, you know, as far as the ad- admin team, uh, we try to have those outside, but you know, the wind you know, on a nice day was okay. So now even, you know, we do those via, um, we use teams instead of zoom, you know, um, so, so we're trying to do that and it's, um, you know, there's some advantages to it. It's easier to share reports and do things, but as far as, you know, I've, I've often thought about this often. I mean, one of the, one of the huge benefits at NLEP is just the networking and the things that you absorb from an industry veteran over, you know, a cocktail or, you know, a soda at the, at the, at the, at the bar, you know, after all the events all day is, is some of the best information you take can take away, you know, from being a part of the association. I don't, I don't know how we're going to, you know, supplement that until we're able to be together as a group and an association. So that's, that's a tough question. I think a lot of us are struggling with that. And I think the younger, younger guys like you guys are probably going to figure it out easier than an old guy like me. I mean, it's the, you know, it's part of it's grasping the technology that's available and embracing it. Uh, I'll even, I think it's still even a little grassroots that you just have to be genuine in your relationships so that you can create, uh, just instead of handing a business card and doing your 30 second elevator pitch in a networking conference room that you actually get to know each other and spend time and be genuine and trying to learn because then it's as easy as making a phone call or, you know, early on Shane, you and I and a bunch of friends did a zoom, right? Happy hour. And half of it was talking about our business and half of it was talking about things and family and social but it is, uh, it is to say that, you know, regardless of associations, I think it's just networking um, has a real quick ability to be just surface level and, and, and not genuine enough. And you'll never really grow from that. Um, you know, that, you know, networking led us to peer groups that led us to, you know, growth in a company. It leads to good people joining our company. It's, it's just being very sincere and wanting to learn and go deeper. So while this is challenging, I, you know, we still can call each other and video each other in two minutes and, and get and still fulfill or ask the, the tough questions. But uh, no doubt we need to be able to, we need to get a hug in here someday soon. I was actually introduced the concept. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard of it, but it's called a lean coffee hour. Have you heard of that? So, no. so, um, so lean, I think it's lean, maybe it's lean, agile coffee, something like that, but either way, so it takes off of the agile, um, management framework, which essentially says like, we have something to do, something's in progress and then it's done. Right. And somebody has to do that task. Right. But when it comes to coffee hour, it, and, and, and it's a meeting structure that some companies use. Um, but I was just introduced this for a coffee hour. We just get a whole bunch of people and say, okay, we're going to hop on a video call no agenda. We don't know what's going on. And then you use the first like 10 minutes of the call to establish an agenda between each other. So everyone talks as like, this is what we should talk about. This is what you should talk about. 
everyone says, okay, that agrees or disagrees. And then, then you start your meeting from there. And um, it was really interesting because uh, it works really well with the video chat format. So you can get on the video chat with some random people. You have no idea who you're talking to and like, but the whole point's networking and you all just like kind of agree on an agenda. Then you just kind of send it and do it. It's really interesting. What do you, wow. You've done, you were a part of these or you just read about them? No, I got invited to one. I haven't been a part of it yet, but I'm kind of interested to see how it happens because someone's like, yeah, we're going to do a lean, we're going to do a lean coffee structure. I'm like, what is a lean coffee? So I did some research on it and that's stay, a concept. Stay tuned podcasters for our next episode when we hear how that went. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, it was just interesting. So, um, and, uh, and I think like we we're trying to do this with the Facebook group a little bit, but uh, to create online communities but there's such like different, like I'm finding in like that I'm finding like little, um, there's an app called discord, you know, and it's generally in a gaming context. It's like gamers use it for chatting, but there's actually communities or on Slack, this happens too. There's random communities that you're able to join if you research online. And it's just like people who leave Slack open or discord open, or, um, I don't know if teams has public chats, but, Microsoft Teams, but either way, you're able to join these things. Then you're able just to you throw a chat message into the thing, and whoever's online will respond to it. And I don't know; it's 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 a different dynamic for sure, right? Because you're not seeing these people face to face. You can't really warm up. It's like, are you being genuine, authentic? Like, can I trust you? Are you going to take my ideas? Like, <laughs> you know, I think that's kind of the balance. That's 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 what I'm struggling with. Yeah, I think the reality is our worlds have definitely changed permanently it's to to what degree has that changed and, and there's going to be new opportunities and new platforms coming up and uh, we'll see you know a year from now it's going to things are going to be completely different oh yeah yeah for sure so um shane do you have any advice for young professionals like say three years into their career five years you know can you like go back to your days when you're when you're in that stage, do you have anything that you can offer or lessons that you wish that you, what would you tell yourself now then? Um, I would, I would, uh, there's a few things. I think, um, I think just be patient, you know, um, sometimes young people, you know, want success overnight. I think if you just be patient, you know, think things will, will come to you. And I think, you know, be sure you, you love what you're doing. You know I mean? Um, when I decided to give up a career in finance, you know, like I said, I had a finance degree, put the suit and tie on, and I decided, you know, I pretty much said I'm going to mow lawns and I'll probably be poor the rest of my life, you know. But that's what, but I, that's that's what I like to do. I like to be outside, and I was passionate about what I was doing. A lot of times, I didn't even feel like I was working, and that that's probably the biggest thing. Really, if you like to be outside and you like this industry, it's the right thing for you. If it's not, then maybe you should find something else. But so that, and then just, you know, learn, this is like I tell people at work, learn from your mistakes, you know, as, as a, you know, a manager and a boss, I can, I totally have no problem with people making mistakes, you know, but if you keep making the same mistake over and over again, then that's an issue. But, um, you know, I've made plenty of mistakes in my life, you know, and just learn from those and become a better person and, and see how you can do things differently. Um, and then probably the final thing, just absorb as much information as you can, you know, read, read the you know, it's one of the things, you know, so many great magazines out there and NLP, NLP does a great job of telling the stories. A lot of their members just, you know, reading those stories and seeing the, the struggles and the successes that others have been through um, and getting back to the networking, but you know, just learning from, from your peers is, is huge. 
What does it look like to be patient? I'm like, everybody keeps telling us that i know i'm I'm just i'm just but like you know like it's so easy like i know i can tell myself like even like last year maybe yesterday like be patient miles but like but like what does that what does that kind of mean to you and like because because you know that feeling like when you're antsy and you want to like get something done you're like well everyone's just tell me be patient like (laughs) like how do you like what like what, what do you think about that yeah, I'm generally an impatient person. So, you know, like, like I can't stand fishing because I just feel like it's the most boring thing. And, you know, you just sit there and wait and wait and wait. So I don't know, being patient, maybe that's not the, the, the right answer. But I think like doing, you know, working for the right reasons, again, being passionate about it, just do the right things and the right things will happen to you eventually. You know, if you, if you, if you work hard, you're, you're passionate about what you're doing, success will come. Um, so that, that's more of what I went. Man, you know, may, maybe not being patient because I'm, like I said, I'm not the world's most patient person, so I'm probably not the person to learn from. <laughs> well, I, I I agree. I think patience is the cover word for have a plan, uh, and every day you have a plan that you know you've got to work through this, and you're progressing, and you're and you're seeing the that it's going in that right direction. Then it won't feel like you're being patient. It's just you're just executing well. But if you go into this and saying, "Okay, I'm a crew leader now. When are they going to promote me to f- a foreman? When are they going to you know do this for me or take me on a you know to a networking event?" It's don't sit back and wait uh, for someone to do it for you. Then you come up with a plan. Is how am I? going to put myself in position to grow and so patience is i think is a, a, a good word because it's professionally when you're impatient uh it, it, you know you just you're not going to move through this world well but it but it is to to have a strong plan and just sort of build off of that and and just take control of your it's your career do something with it right don't don't wait for someone else to tap you on the shoulder and say come on with me yeah i think the definition of patience is like when you're skiing how long you have to wait for a snowboarder to get down to the bottom of the run, right? It's That's true patient, story. Right? Lifetimes. It's a true story. I knew I'd like you, Shane. <laughs> so oh, I, I, I don't want to lose sight of the other thing you said, which is probably my favorite, in that you have to make mistakes, right? Um, I, and you can't be afraid of that. I just sent out um, to one of the sales teams I coach uh, this morning, the formula for success is – failure plus persistence right and i think it speaks to the patience too but um until you learn to fail you can never really learn to win you might get lucky with the success here or there but the consistency of it is really what's critical um and obviously you talked about learning too and and learning how to not repeat those mistakes what's what are some of the mistakes that stand out to you that you're you're grateful for in your wow, that's a big question, huh? Yeah, here. wow. I know. He, he thought he was coming on to a young professional. This is gonna be like lobbing softball. I'll, I'll buy you some time. Deep. I'll buy you some time with a quick story of my my Please. Uh, my first year in sales, my first opportunity for a multi million dollar award uh, bid uh, opportunity um, in commercial maintenance. Right, um, I'm sitting in this guy's office. We're talking about five hundred uh, convenience store locations. We give the whole dog and pony show. We work so hard. It's the VP. He's the right guy. 43 minutes into our presentation, we flip the PowerPoint slide to the price. Uh, Again, multi-million dollar bid. And the guy laughs in our face 
stops us right there and kicks us out of that office. He goes, I've never spent anywhere close to that much money and I never will. You're absolutely insane. This has been a total waste of time. And me and my boss got in the car and we're driving back to the office early because we were just kicked out. Complete silence for over 40 minutes. Because we had nothing to say. We worked so hard. We knew the price was good. Um, absolute sales failure. Uh, flip ahead two years, I got the contract. The guy had no idea how much he spent. But it was that, like, it was, it was understanding how to qualify in sales, right? How to test it before you go down that road. And also learning that persistence to figure out, okay, if I stick with it, if I do what's right, like it's going to pay off, you know? So, um, and learning to have a thick skin around when somebody tells you no or kicks you out of their office um, was, was huge. So that's my favorite failure in my career. Wow. Yeah, I think, I think probably like, and, you know, we continue to make this mistake sometimes, but, you know, a, a common, there's two common things I think in our industry is uh, spending too much money on equipment, you know, buying a piece of equipment and you just, you know, you know, $70,000 skid steer that maybe gets used uh, twice a month. And that's a kind of a, a common mistake, uh, you know, not understanding the true cost of your equipment and, and billing that out enough or using that enough. Uh, made that mistake repeatedly. Um, and also, you know, chasing the big dollar contracts and not understanding the margins, you know, like, oh, this is a big job. I want to get this and reducing your prices and just not really understanding your numbers, behind, you know, behind, you know, what goes into a job and not making it about the price. You know, like you mentioned, you know, it's, you know, you, you know, sell yourself and your services and, and what the relationship is of doing business with you. And, and let's not, let's not, let's not be concerned about the cost. Those sure. are kind of some common, common mistakes. Refreshing to me that the finance guy still struggles with numbers sometimes. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Makes me yeah. feel better about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, that's a, I mean, I haven't made the mistake because I, the, probably the biggest takeaway I had from financing is just understanding, you know, how much the cost of interest on a loan or a vehicle or anything can cost you. And so, I mean, it's so, it's so, so common sense to, to me, but some people are, you know, oh, the monthly payment's fine, but, you know, the interest rate may be very high and, and losing track of, you know, what that costs you over the time of the loan. Uh, it's just a very common mistake, you know. That's good stuff. That's good stuff, Shane. That's cool. So, uh, when are, when are, as president, are you going to bring NALP to Aspen one year so that in the winter, so sure. that way you can go to meetings and go skiing? We're trying. Brett, Brett and I are working on that behind yeah. the scenes, but oh, yeah. I, yeah. I don't we're, know. We're, we're currently happen. fundraising for that. So, okay. We uh, have to get some Consider large the official release of the fundraiser. Sponsorship. Sponsorship <laughs> we'd dollars. Go, we'd have to go to Telluride instead of Aspen. I grew up in Telluride for quite oh. a few years. So. Well, Telluride's I'm kind of sick. an yeah. anti-Aspen guy. Or maybe we can go to go see Mike Bogan and Mammoth. There you go. I'm, hey, I'm good for either. You know, I, right. I, you already sound, you already have my vote. You're already, already a president, but, you know, I'd vote for you if I was on the board. Oh, nice. Nice. That, so. Thank you, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> What has been the uh, sort of the hot topics right now for, for NALP? What have you all been talking about at a board level? Um, well, you know, obviously COVID-19 has really consumed a lot of it. And just, you, you know, um, you know, a lot of the membership may or may not realize, but a lot of these, these events are important to financial viability of the association. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, it just seems like it's a matter of uh, deciding when, when's the next event going to get canceled and um, how can we, you know, how can we 
help our members, you know, because getting back to what we were saying before, how important networking is, you know, how, how can we change you know, our offerings to, to have value for our members, you know, and, and one thing was the, you know, essential services. You know, that was huge. You know, Andrew Bray and his team did a great job of shifting there and really, um, you know, letting our federal and our local government officials, you know, understand that landscaping is essential services and to ensure that, that our industry was able to work when uh, things were going downhill pretty, pretty quickly, you know, in March and April. Um, so, it, yeah, it's been a lot of shifting gears, really. It hasn't been a, 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 a normal year so far. I will say from uh, getting to observe other associations as well as NALP, NALP has really been able to hop to and be super agile with COVID response. Um, I saw yesterday in the newsletter, uh, new diversity uh, webpage and resources just came out. And I think um, as a, to be able to express uh, some appreciation and uh, within the context of you guys are really doing a phenomenal job of staying on top of the topics that are, you know, not just, not just the national conversations and, and issues, but also affecting us all every day in our business, right? They're real tactical, uh, important things that we need to get our handle on. Yeah, well said. I mean, we've had a lot of discussions and we understand that we have to, um, you know, be more diverse and inclusive in our industry and, and welcome people of all genders and race and sexual preferences into our into our industry and, and make them feel welcome. So um, there's room for everybody in our industry. And uh, that's something that we're working hard on. And I think um, that we can really greatly improve on in the future. You know, and, and like Brett, as you know, labor's always always going to be an issue in our industry. You know, and there's still discussions about that. You know, there's, there's still the battle with H2B, which is just a, you know a struggle every year. But um, there's an opportunity now with a lot of people unemployed. It's still not as easy to hire as, as you would think. You know, right now, but there's there's an opportunity here. And if we can, you know, if we can uh, let let the, let the public know that hey, this is a great industry. Come on board with us. Um, you know, we're work, we're working on that as well. It will be interesting to see, you know, just again, horticulture programs and plant sciences, how are those uh, programs being affected by this, you know, distant learning, um, just again, general interest, if we're considered an essential industry, are people really listening to that? Are they, you know, are they, what's the, the going to be the trend um, for future careers, right? So those that are in high school, that are trying to understand where they're going to go to, you know, the hospitality industry versus a, a service type industry. So I, uh, I mean, way too early to, to even speculate where that's all going to be, but I mean, any optimism that we could have to grow our horticulture programs is, is just, I'll take it. I mean, I think that that is the, you know, the, the scariest part is if we're, we're losing programs and then it's tough to find uh, the right people for, to join our teams. Um, you know, we're, we're not setting up our future very well. Exactly. So that's cool. So you have anything else that you want to add, Shane? I think this is a good time to stop, start wrapping up. So do you have anything that's burgeoning on your? No, um, not in particular. I, I just feel like what you guys are doing is great. This is, this is really good. I hopefully, you know, you guys are gaining momentum with listeners, but there's, you know, I think this is a great step towards, you know, getting the younger, um, generation, um, you know, educated and given the, the tools they need to succeed and, and be inspired to, to have a long career in our industry. So this, this has been, it's been real fun. 
that's hey that's good yeah well, and, and, and we've we got great people to join us and learn listen to stories i mean i i we've we have this plan to do these pretty regularly and it's just to know you know again we've known each other for a long time but other people have joined you, you don't get that kind of you learn a little bit about them or get a little bit deeper into their story and i I'm enjoying this as much as I, I appreciate what you're saying, Shane, that, that there. And, and well, yeah, we, we hope there's some listeners. We've done this without watching anybody say we're listening, but we're, we're starting to see, uh, we're starting to see some progress there. Yeah. It sounds like so. We're Please somebody that. send some listener feedback. <laughs> <laughs> a little thumbs up would be just fine. We, we understand what that means. Uh, no, we do see the stats and people are listening and uh, they continue to listen. So I think we're doing something and, um, if you do have ideas for future podcasts, certainly reach out to us because we'd love to uh, incorporate those ideas and, and viewpoints as we move forward. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Uh, so uh, we have this little segment. It's called Rose and Thorn of the Week. In other words, what's a good thing? What's a bad thing? I don't know. We tend not to focus on the bad things around here, but if you have a bad thing, you know, you can say it. It's cool. Um, we'll help you through it. We'll help you through it. Yeah, that's what we're here for. This is a uh, part business podcast, part self-help and we're here for you. Hey, I, you know what I think really through, through all this is um, I've um, I feel like we should have more pride in our industry than ever right now. Cause where we, I, I'm not sure where it is in different parts of the country, but we're about an hour and a half North of New York city. And in our area, people are really just fleeing New York city and buying homes up here and people that had weekend homes are here all the time. And, just to be appreciative that we we can offer them that that little sense of peacefulness that they have in their backyard when they can't you know going out trying to struggle to go out to a restaurant and have a meal where you feel uneasy but really the the, the the place that people probably feel most comfortable right now than more than ever in their lives is their backyards um and just feeling like we're in an industry that we're probably one of the safest professions to be in right now i mean would you want to be in a, a restaurant serving people um probably a half the capacity of your crowd where your tips are probably a half to a quarter what they usually were and you got to wear a mask and um that's that's tough you know i mean we're we're outside we're, we're doing our job we're generally practicing social distancing and we're offering that benefit to our our clients right now when they need it more than ever that's that's really the positive I'm, i've taken away from the last few months of how things have, have developed i like new york categorized us as a low risk uh regarding covid and I'll take that. Yeah. All right. So Shane, you kick it off. What's uh, what's been the highlight of your week? Highlight of my week. Wow. Well, we got a lot of rain. It was getting real dry here. Uh, lawns were getting a little brown. Uh, so everything's nice and green again. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <we see. laughs> That's a good thing. Coming our way. We are yeah, yeah. dry and hot here in, in upstate New York. Yeah, I was just home in Jersey, and I was like, man, everything is just so dead so or dormant. But, um, but yeah, yeah. Um, you, Miles? Yeah, I'm trying to think. No, it's just been a good – it's just been a really productive week for me. So, you know, it's just like it just comes – sometimes it comes and goes for me in waves, but this week has just been insanely productive, and it feels really, really good. Um, it's been pretty decent weather here in D.C., so I can't really complain about that either. Um I just I'm riding high off my Fourth of July weekend though, canoeing, canoeing 14 miles down to Delaware. Some friends fishing. I love fishing, by the way, Shane. It's, it's, I think it's exhilarating. I, I enjoy fishing if you're with the right people. That's, I yeah, there you said. 
Yeah, we had some old Milwaukee's. I don't know if you guys have ever had old Milwaukee beer, but that is America's beer for sure. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was no, it was, it was just a good trip. So yeah, it's just been good. How about you, Neil? How's your week um, going? I got my work's good. I got uh, accepted to a global executive MBA program um, that for a start in February. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, the program is based in France, so I'd have to travel back and forth a little bit, and uh, hoping by then I'll be able to. So, <laughs> what's cool? If, if they let you go, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's called Schema, S K E M A. Oh, nice. And cool. it's uh, Neil. Blended. Neil, that top that tops the haircut you got this week. I thought the haircut was the well. Was you the know, if she if she'd been able to do the beard, then the haircut would have been the top spot. So it's just, <laughs> don't tell don't tell her because I I love going to my barber every two weeks, but. Um, yeah, that was special. She cut my hair for the interview, which is definitely the reason I got in. So she gets that one. <laughs> nice. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll end it with uh, just right. Good, uh, good 4th of July family time. We're in, we're deep in the summer. I, um, we're have we know, I think we're over in business wise, we're over that big push, that big spring rush. And there's a, and you could just see in the tone of everybody, granted, it's very hot, which is adding a new challenge for us, but it is this, okay, you know what, we're, we're going to get our lives back. We could find some balance again. And, uh, and we've got some new work rolling on. I'm very excited. So, so, and the kids are out there deep into their summer experience and having fun. So uh, I, I can't complain about anything right now. So, uh, well, a little rain, we'll take a little rain. There you go. Cool. Well, uh, thank you again, Shane, for being part of uh, Growing in the Green Industry, our, our podcast. And also a big thank you to our listeners. The Young Professionals Network appreciates your support. As always, let us know what you want to hear by leaving a review or sending an email to youngprofessionals at landscapeprofessionals.org. Don't forget to tune in next Thursday for another great episode. Take care, everyone. <laughs>